0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. I'm going to pray for us, and, and we're going to dive in. It's one thing, you know, there's a parable in the Bible. It's a parable of the sower, uh, but it's actually a little bit more better named the parable of the soil (laughs) because the sower would sow seed, but it was when it fell on good ground, ground that was ready for that seed, that then that seed produced a a fruit. And so we're just going to pray that the Lord is going to plant some things inside of us today. Amen. You didn't come to hear me speak. Uh, You came to hear from God. And so I'm praying and believing that even as I'm speaking today, that there's gonna be something, some way, somehow, it's gonna leave my lips, hit your ears, and God's gonna supernaturally speak to you and give you a word for what you need in the season that you're in with the questions that you have and where you're at in life. And that's a beautiful thing about the word of God. We read the written word of God, which is the logos. That's where you get the word theology from, the logos, the study of God, the logos. So we read the logos, the word of God, and we get a rhema, which is the spoken word of God. So the goal is that when anybody's preaching or the goal is when you're having your own time reading the Bible, that you're actually getting a rhema, something that God downloads to you and you say, ooh, that's for me, right? And so sometimes you hear people in those Pentecostal churches and they'll be like, oh, that's for me, amen, you know, they they got a rhema, that's what happened right there. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe that uh, God's going to speak to us today. Let's prepare our hearts. Lord, we just come before you. God, we thank you. God, I thank you that we're here in this beautiful building place where there's been so many prayers prayed, so many worship nights had, so many preachers, pastors, leaders, teachers, evangelists that have been raised up and sent out into all the earth to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus. And it is good news today, God. We're Lord, thankful for the good news that is the gospel. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today, God. We're here. We're listening. We've come together this morning because we want to hear from you today, God. We didn't come to hear a man speak. We came to hear you speak. So we're asking you to speak. Your children are listening. God, I pray that you'd give us eyes to see something we never saw before in scriptures. I pray that you'd give us ears to hear from you. Pray that you'd touch our minds, God. Grow our revelation. Grow our understanding, God. And I pray you touch our hearts, God. Give us hearts to believe that we'd be be so faith-filled in our hearts that we'd believe you at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to talk to us today from the topic of your appointed time. Your appointed time. God is incredible with his timing. Uh, Somebody says, man, God is, is on time. He's never late. I don't know about you, but many times in my life when I was waiting on God for something, he felt a little behind the eight ball. Like, I, you know, I, we love to say, God's a, hes an on-time God. Yeah, but it feels a little bit late. My rent's due. Like, you know what I mean? So you, it's like, you know, you, you, we say that, and God, yes, he is on time. But there are times where you're feeling like, Lord, I know you're going to be on time, but man, if you could be early <laughs> for once, please, Jesus. <laughs> he's never late, but he's rarely early. He's just on time. And there's a there's a pointed time in all of our lives. And I, and I think it's good to have that perspective because what can happen in your Christian walk is as you get into the Word of God and you start to discover the promises of God, sometimes we forget about the timing of God. And so if, if you just hold on to the promises, but you don't have any revelation of timing of God, you're going to get frustrated. And I'm saying that because i done been there, okay? Like, you know, I've been like, praying in my house before for months for a breakthrough in a certain area, and I felt like I was just shouting the paint off the walls, you know? It's like there's a nothing. There's no change. There's the timing of God. And sometimes when we don't see something happen in the time that we thought it was, it's really because the Lord's working something out in us. When the children of Israel lapped that mountain, the Lord needed to work out Egypt, out of them before he could lead them into the promised land and so there's an there's an appointed time of god but if you're just holding on to the promises and you forget about the timing of god then it's just like you you you, you lose what you're holding for it's just like you're, you're grasping for straws like a reed you know and god wants to give you a rock and he has a perfect time there's an appointed time and i believe if you're sitting here today there's an appointed time you know it was seven months ago to this sunday seven months ago the Lord opened a door for us in the last place that we were meeting, in the hotel. And it was awesome, and it was amazing. And on that first Sunday, it was pouring down rain outside, and we were so grateful we were not at the park, okay? We were grateful we were indoors. And then seven months later, the Lord opened up a door for us to be in here. Now, it was the timing of God. It was God's plan for us to be in here. I could tell you that 15 years ago, I felt like I had a word of the Lord to go and plant a church. I was so excited, and my wife was not. Okay, so I felt like I'm gonna do this. Lord leading look at this. Lord, he's giving me a download. He's telling me different attributes of the church and cultural values and and how he's gonna use this and that. And I'm getting these. I'm writing pages of notes. I can barely keep up with my journal, and I bring it to my wife, and she's like, ah, I'm not feeling it. And then I'm like, I don't think she's hearing God. So I bring it over, <laughs> bring it to my pastor. And and he's like, I love you, Jeff, but I just don't feel it's time. And I'm like, I don't know if he's hearing from God. That's called spiritual pride, okay? That's called spiritual pride. And so I'm thinking like, I got the inside scoop, right? I'm I'm thinking I'm the guy who invested in Bitcoin when it was $3 a share. I'm thinking I'm that guy, right? You know? And, but there was a timing of God and the Lord needed to germinate some stuff. The Lord needed to work some stuff out, but then it was the appointed time. And for everybody in this room, there's been an appointed time in your life. If you were a minute too late or a minute too soon, you might not have met your spouse. If you're a minute too early to that appointment, you might have had a fatality happen in that car crash. You know, you know, you just don't know there is an appointed time. And Lord has brought you here today, I believe, for an appointed time. I believe that he wants to do something in your life, through your life, not to be part of a church, authentic church. He he wants you to be part of team Jesus. He wants you to be fulfilling the call, the destiny that he has on your life because there's giftings inside of you that we all need. There's giftings inside of you that nobody can do what you do. There's giftings inside of you that you bring something so beautiful and when we come together and you bring your part and he brings his and she brings hers and I bring mine and we all come together as the family of God, that's where things start to come together and happen at the appointed time. And I believe that we're sitting in an appointed time. I believe this is a new season. I was up in the mountains praying a few weeks ago. My wife lovingly kicked me out of the house. And uh, I asked her about going away. She said, you need to get away. So I said, okay. And when your wife says that, that's, that's, it, you should just listen, you know. So I got away and I spent some time with God. And I was reading as I was up in the mountains. And I was praying and had an incredible, it was like two days with God. It was just God taking me up into the mountains and just having time, just father-son time, you know. And I was praying, fasting, all my devices turned off, and it was glorious. I mean, just unplugging from a phone for two days, that's like, there's just breath in your lungs, breath in your spirit, you know what I mean? And so I did that, when I was up there praying, the Lord led me, I was praying one morning, and the Lord said, uh, Leviticus 23. And I'm like, Leviticus 23? I'm up here to spend time with God. I don't know that I'm going to go to Leviticus to get a word with the Lord. You know, thinking, you know I'm thinking, did you say Leviticus 32? And I'm like, Even, is there a Leviticus 32? <laughs> you know, you see how much time I spend in Leviticus. And so I go and I look in Leviticus 23. And Leviticus 23 actually outlines all these appointed feasts that the Jewish people were to observe. God commanded them. He said, I'm, I'm going to set some things up for you. There's gonna be some appointed times throughout the year where you're gonna do X, Y, Z, and I'm gonna provide X, Y, Z. So there's the promise, but it was kinda like an if-then. When you do this, then he comes, right? And so uh, so he sets this all up. So I'm reading Leviticus 23. And then I started to pray about this service that we were going to have, the first service that we were going to be here. And it happens to fall on March 23rd. And it happens to be exactly seven months from when we moved in. And then it, I look on the calendar and Shavuot, which was uh, the Jewish, uh, the, the Feast of Weeks, that would have been uh, what we call Pentecost. That was actually last Sunday. But in the Western culture, in our Western calendar that we have, This is actually Pentecost Sunday. So you guys are here in church on Pentecost Sunday, one of the most famous Sundays in all of church history. And so I'm going to take us through some things out of the Bible to show you about God's appointed time. And I pray that it's going to bless you. I believe that it's going to encourage you and it's going to raise your faith because when we're impatient, when with God's timing, we can do things out of order. And so we need to be patient with the timing of God. Abraham got impatient with the timing of God and he got an Ishmael. You don't want Ishmael ever since Ishmael and Isaac were born. Those nations, they've been at war. Okay. You don't want that. You want your Isaac. You need to wait on the Lord for that. And so there's an appointed time. Psalms 102 verse 13 says the appointed time has come. Everybody say the appointed time has come. Habakkuk two verse three says for the vision is yet for an appointed time. There's a timing in everything. There's a timing in life. There's a timing in marriage. There's prop. God is a God of order, okay? He's not a God of chaos. There's a reason why God introduces marriage, but he, there's a courtship that leads to a marriage. And so there's, a, there's an appointed time. There's a appointed time when God created man. There is an appointed time when he blessed Abraham, a appointed time when Sarah gave birth to Isaac, an appointed time when God raised up Joseph, the son of, Jason, of Jacob, There was an appointed time when famine hit the land and God miraculously provided for his children. There was an appointed time when God would raise up Moses. There was an appointed time when God would call and anoint a young shepherd boy named David to be king. And there was an appointed time when he would call that young shepherd boy to go and slay Goliath. There was an appointed time. There was an appointed time when God raised up this man named Shamgar, and he's just got one sentence in the Bible, but it's so cool. It says he killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad, which is kind of like a cool staff that you would use to kind of keep track of your ox. Oxes. Is that ox? Oxes? Oxen. Thank you for you English majors. Sorry that I just totally lost points in your mind for my sermon today. But Shamgar did that. It was an appointed time. There was an appointed time when Jesus would be born, where he would be born, and how he would be born. It was an appointed time... For Peter, when he would be invited to become a disciple, when Jesus said these beautiful words, come and follow me, come and follow me. Jesus is telling you today, he's inviting you, he's saying, come and follow me today. There was an appointed time for the miracles of the loaves and the fishes. There was an appointed time for the healing of the man who had been an invalid for 38 years. Jesus healed him. It was his appointed time. There was an appointed time for Jesus to die on the cross. And of all days, it happened to be Passover. Just think of this. There's been a lot of quote unquote great religious leaders throughout generations and generations. And there's, there's you know, from Muhammad to Dalai Lama uh, to Buddha, to all these guys that were religious greats in the eyes of the world. But there was only one man that predicted his own death <laughs> and his resurrection and actually fulfilled it I mean just think about that there was only one guy that did that his name was Jesus in fact over 21 times Jesus referenced the term the phrase three days he talked about Jonah in the fish of the whale three days three days this three days in three days if you, you know in three days I will die but in three days I will, I will I will destroy and rebuild this temple in three days and they're like three days 21 times three days three days three days three days dropping hints all throughout uh, you read through the scriptures three days this three days that Jesus is like giving them a neon sign with an arrow that says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I'm the Messiah, you don't need to look to anybody else, I'm telling you guys, all that you've been doing for 1,500 years and celebrating Passover, I'm the Passover lamb, you know, like, like he, and then, and then of, of all days, they could have killed him, they, in fact, they tried to get him, they tried to nab him earlier than that, but of all days, Jesus went to the cross, when was it? Passover. How in the world, why that day? Couldn't they have waited a few days? Couldn't they have done it a few days before? He walked in the city, and as he's walking in the city, everybody's like, yeah, you're coming to overthrow the Romans, yeah, let's do this, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah go Israel, right? You know, and so they're all rising up, and, and Jesus like, that's not why I've come, and then they like, oh, they could have killed him right after that. As he led this march in and rallied up this, he wasn't trying to do it. They were just all excited, man. They were just pumped up. And so they could have done it then. When did they kill him? They killed him on Passover. Why? To point everybody to the fact that he was the great Passover lamb that would take away the sins of the world. And they had been celebrating Passover for years from Egypt. So Passover, so Jesus himself, so he lived, died, rose again, Acts 1, 4, verse 5 is where we're going to we'll look at some scriptures out of the book of Acts. If you're not familiar with the book of Acts or the Bible, if that's new to you, the book of Acts, you have the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. The, the book of Luke is basically the story of Jesus's life. And then the book of Acts was written by the same guy, Luke. He was a doctor, a physician. And then he wrote this and this is, he, he writes about the birth of the early church. So the book of Luke is a great overview of the life of Jesus, and then the first part of Acts is like Jesus saying goodbye, and he's taken up into heaven, and then the rest of the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. It's all about the early church, and so in Acts chapter one, verse four, it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command, Jesus is speaking, he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for, my, for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was the greatest gift that you can ever, we could ever have been given. Amen? He's the greatest gift. When Jesus takes his place at the right hand of the Father, the Father releases the gift of the Holy Spirit to the lives of the believers, and really to the church. Let me give you some backstory on this. So three times a year... The men were required to go and present themselves. There was, it was a pilgrimage. And they were required to go and present themselves before the Lord. And there were, there were these feasts, these festivals. And so there was Passover, which celebrated the freedom from bondage of Egypt. And then three days after Passover, they would have their first fruits offering. Okay? So think about this. Jesus died, Passover, three days later, rose from the dead, and he is the first fruits offering. For all of us. Amen. So three days later. And so and, and that would be an offering that they would bring to the Lord. That was just a first fruits offering. It was just an offering. And then they would count off from Passover, they would count off 50 days. That's where you get the word Pentecost from because it's 50 days after Passover. And so 50 days later, then they would start this feast, this feast of weeks, Shavuot. It was the celebrating of the first harvest but it was also when Moses came down from the mountain with the 10 commandments. And so this leads up to the harvest that they were gonna have. So, so picture this. So the, is, is, you were raised in, in, in Israel at that time. You're celebrating this. They've been celebrating this ...holiday for 1500 years. All the guys are getting together. Everybody would come together for Passover and they would remember that the Lord led them out of bondage. Okay? And then the other feast that they would do, 50 days later, they would be back in that place for Shavuot. And it would start the Feast of Weeks. And they would celebrate as they're going into the harvest season... And they would have a great time, a, a festival and, and celebration. The Jews know how to party. If you read through the, the Old Testament, it was like, man, did these people ever work? Like, I want their vacation schedule, okay? You know? It's like they take more time off than like the Australians do. You know what I mean? It's like every, like they got two months just for showing up, right? You know? and, so, so, so that's where it's, and so Shavuot starts, and so they would remember that Moses came down from the mountain with the commandments, with the law. And then that was in part of them. Well, Jesus, we look at, at, at Shavuot, Pentecost, Jesus was the Word of God who came and dwelt among us. Amen? And just on that, on that same day when the old covenant was instituted, now here we are like 1,500 years later, and the Holy Spirit comes, and the new covenant is ushered in and instituted. And so this leads up. So Passover again. So Jesus is crucified on Passover of all days. Then three days later, on the first fruits offering, he rose from the grave. And then he spends 40 days with his disciples. And then he tells them in what we just read, he's like, I want you to stay in Jerusalem. I got a gift for you. I got a gift for you. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. And so Shavuot really is the provision of God. It was celebrating the word of God and um, and what God was doing in that feast. And on Shavuot, there is also something that they celebrated called Matan. Matan, And Matan is actually really cool. It's actually based on true Jewish tradition. So it's not, you're not necessarily going to find it in the Bible. You find correlations, but it's more in Jewish tradition, Matan, M-A-T-A-N. And Matan is actually, it was a gift. And what would happen is if, if, if like when Fawn and I were engaged to be married, we'd, we'd get engaged, but then there'd be a distance between the two of us As she's preparing and as I'm preparing. As the groom's preparing for his bride. And then there would be a time when I would give a matan to my wife that I'm engaged to. The woman I'm engaged to. And so it was a gift that the groom would give to his bride. And so on Shavuot, it was a big deal for the groom to give his bride-to-be a gift. And Jesus, our groom... Is given us a gift for his bride, the church, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit really is, is here to empower you. The Holy Spirit's here to grow you, to change you, to counsel you, to challenge you, to direct you, to help you. He's your, he's your helper. He's the one that's going to come alongside you. And when, when there's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and you're walking in the giftings and callings that God has placed on your life, those things start to be highlighted And you're like, man, I never knew that I could do that. I never, I never knew that I was actually anointed for that aspect. I never knew that I could, I could share the gospel. I I never realized that. I felt like I was always shy growing up. And now suddenly there's something, there's a fire that's lit on the inside of you where you're just like, can I just share Jesus? Can I just pray for you? There's a fire that gets lit on the inside of you. That's the Holy spirit. When you feel this nudge and it's telling you, Hey, you really need to share Jesus. First of all, the devil's never going to tell you to go share Jesus with somebody, okay? So when you're like, oh, is that God or is that me? It's probably God, okay? Like, you know, just, just take it, blank blanket. It. It's, it's most likely God. It might just be you. But m- like 99% of the time, it's probably God leading you. To, I don't know. Is, Satan's not going to tell you to go share Jesus with anybody, okay? So when, when, when you feel that prompting in your, whole, in, in, in your spirit, that's the Holy Spirit pulling on you. He's tugging on you. And I believe he's even tugging on some of you this morning. He's, he's pulling you in. He's like, there's an appointed time. There's an appointed time. Maybe you've been walking with God, but maybe you've kind of stepped a little bit away from God. He's drawing you back. James 4, verse 8 says, draw near to God, and he's faithful, he's going to draw near to you. Anytime I don't feel the presence of God, it's usually because I stepped away. He didn't step away. It's usually I stepped away. God's saying, come back. Draw back in. Maybe for some of you, you've been kind of looking at some different churches and you're praying. You may even be here just praying about authentic church, being a church home, you know? And whether it's this church or another church, honestly, my heart of hearts as a pastor, please hear me. I, I really, I, I don't care. I mean, I would love to have you as part of authentic church. Don't get me wrong. We would love that. But my heart at the core, I just want you to be planted in a house. If it's not this house, find a house where you can give your life to. Like church and I know that there's people that have had church hurts We've all had it. I mean we can go around this room. I've had it you we everybody's had But don't let church hurts be an excuse to keep you back from entering into a relationship with God's bride Jesus ain't coming back for some salt ministry. He's coming back for his church his bride and when, there's something so beautiful when you come and you're part of the church of God. Your callings get raised up. You have relationships with people. You have the family of God. You watch your kids grow up together. Uh, it's just, it's beautiful what happens when the church comes together. So I'll get off my soapbox, but if, if you're considering authentic church, we would love to treat you to lunch next week and just get to know you a little bit and share a little bit of our story. All right. That was, I'm, I'm not going into that, but I did that. But so there we, anyways, we'll move along. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, so here's the story, so this is, uh, this is all the lead up for Shavuot, this is all the lead up for the festival of weeks, this is all the lead up, there was Passover, then they had this waiting period, and now the, deci- the disciples, they, they were obedient, there was 120 at that point followers of Christ, they gathered together in an upper room, and they were praying, and they were following Jesus. And they're staying there, and they don't know what's happening. They just know that there's a Holy Spirit that's supposed to come, and there's some gift. But they have no context for what it is. This is that story, okay? So when the day of Pentecost came, they're all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house they were sitting. So it's, it was a sound like a violent wind, it wasn't a violent it was it sounded like that when you hear the wind just whoo, coming through they hear that sounds like that and and it fills this whole house where they're sitting and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them and all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them and then down in acts chapter 2 a little further down so what happens is it fills them, and they begin to speak in other tongues, and then they go out, and they're just praising God, they're like, this is the gift, this is what Jesus told us about, and, and so they're all glorifying, praising God, and they walk out, and everybody's there for the big festival, so all, it'd be like all the little churches getting together at Angel Stadium, and we're, we're having a big worship time, and, and, these, and so that's the Jewish people of that day, and then all of these on fire spirit filled Jesus lovers show up and they they begin to speak in other tongues and it's like the whole stadium's like what in the world is going on? And they're like these guys they're drunk. Like what is going on? And but all these people are hearing the word of God, the gospel spoken in their own language because they were from all these different areas of the world by that time and they were making this big pilgrimage. So now they're hearing the gospel being spoke to them, they're getting a word from God in their language that they can hear and understand, and they end up being converted. So here's what happens. So Peter, they're like, these guys are drunk, what's going on? And so Peter gets up, and, and he shares a message with them, and he actually steals a sermon out of, the, out of the book of Joel. You can go read it, but he steals a sermon out of the book of Joel, and he says, this is what was prophesied in Joel. This is that My spirit was going to be poured out on all people. That your young man, your old man, yeah, this, this is what was, it was coming to your sons and your daughters. This, this is it. And he says, Jesus, the one you crucified, this is what all this is about. And they're like, oh my goodness, what do we do? And so Peter tells them, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit this gift of the spirit of God, this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. He's begging them. He's like, guys, please, this guy, Jesus, like he really lived. He really died. He really rose again. Like you saw him come in back at Passover. Many you've heard about him. You've seen his miracles. I'm begging you, please. This is who he was. I'm telling you. And some of them are like, ah, uh, I don't know. Here's the beautiful thing. If you go back in time, so you go back to when Moses came down from the mountain, and he has the Ten Commandments, at that point, the holiness of God came, and there was actually 3,000 men that died because of their sins. And then here we are, on this day, where the new covenant's being established, and what ends up happening? 3,000 men hear the word of the Lord, and they end up actually getting saved. Beautiful. Acts 2.42, so what did they do? What did they do? They hear this, they get baptized, they get added to the church, and then in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They joined the church, essentially. Long story short, they joined the body of believers there was an appointed time. So 3,000 get added, they get baptized, and they start to get involved in that community of faith that was growing and exploding. And we don't have 3,000 people here today, but one day I believe we might, if that's the Lord's will for us. And um, I just know that there's an appointed time for his people and for you guys. Like it's not just about, God just doesn't want you to just like show up at a church He doesn't want us to just sing some songs, which is beautiful. I mean, goodness, like worship today and hearing Kara and Lacey sing and Hannah's playing away on the the cajon and Justin on the piano. It's beautiful. But God just doesn't want us to just come here and be like, oh, that was good and never leave changed. And he doesn't want us just to kind of like bop in and bop out. I get it. There's a time when you're checking out churches and stuff like that, so I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad or anything like that, but at some point, we need to have some roots that go down. I'm just praying you'd find some place where you can put down some roots. So they get involved, and it was their appointed time. So my question for us today is, what's the Lord speaking to you about? What's an appointed time? What's something you believe in God for, and you haven't seen it come to pass, and you just need to rest in the fact that it's gonna be okay, there's an appointed time? What's the appointed time? Maybe it's something in business where you feel like, man, I feel like I'm clawing, scratching, trying to make a living, trying to do this, that. And the Lord, we don't see it because we don't see from his perspective. But it's not that he's saying no. He's just saying it's not yet. Or there's things he's working out inside of you that's really uncomfortable, right? But it's an appointed, there's an appointed time. There's an appointed time for every one of us. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at authenticoc.com.